0: There's a word from the Lord this morning. As we continue this year-long theme, Restore, Support, and Strengthen, for the last several months, beginning in first Sunday in June, we started another series, a sub-series of the theme. And the series is just simply called Attitudes. We formed a word cloud for you. I am big now into word clouds. Amen. in September... We've got a special series aimed for young adults on one word a week. That's all the message is gonna be about one word for us to concentrate on for that entire week. But we've talked about attitudes and we've associated them with things, with attitudes that we ought uh, to be mindful of with the fact in mind that attitudes determine your altitude. It determines your level of success. It will determine your destiny. There are a whole lot of gifted and talented folk that are wondering why haven't I gotten further in life? Perhaps you need to check out your attitude. Amen. Attitudes have prevented or stopped so many people from achieving goals and things that God had in store. For them. This is the fifth message in this series. Our text this morning is once again taken from the 12th chapter of the book of Romans. And today we want to share with you one verse in Romans chapter 12. And that would be verse 13. And we're reading from the New Living Translation. Romans chapter 12, verse 13. Paul writes these most profound words. He says in a quote, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Here's where the subject is found. Look at this last sentence. Always be eager to practice Hospitality. And the church said, Amen. For the next few moments, I want to speak to you from the subject and attitude of hospitality. An attitude of hospitality. So we add the word hospitality to the word cloud. Amen. An attitude of hospitality. Listen, for the past several weeks, we have been talking about the importance of attitude, particularly as it relates to our spiritual as well as our personal development. Attitude determines altitude. And so now in this next message, we would like to discuss the significance of yet another attitude that is so important for your development, and that is an attitude of hospitality. When we speak of hospitality, the word hospitality has simply been defined as, and i quote, the quality or the disposition of receiving and treating others in a warm, friendly, and a generous way. In other words, my brothers and sisters, hospitality is simply treating people right. I'll say that again, treating people right. All church folk don't treat people right. All church leaders don't treat people right. There are a whole lot of people that simply struggle with being nice. Can I take my time and preach to you? I told you at the beginning of this series, the intent was never to make you get emotional, to jump and shout, but I want to challenge the core of who you are and who God wants you to be. Bishop Randolph Jackson, Deacon Albert Simmons, used to say all the time, it's nice to be nice. It's important to be nice. One of the books that have influenced my life in such a powerful way, uh, particularly uh, my life as it relates to working with people, managing people, is a book, a really small book, and you've heard me reference this book before. It was published in 2006. I discovered it in 2008. It was a game changer for my life, Pastor Lawson. I had always wanted and felt like it was necessary to treat people right. Then I ran across this book who showed not only is it good, it is profitable. If you're in business, it's a good thing. If you're managing people, you get more out of people by treating them nicely. So the authors of this book were two female entrepreneurs from New York who were co-founders of an advertisement public relations firm. They wrote this book in 2006. Uh, They tell the story in the book chapter one of the book tells the story of how they landed what was at that time one of their most lucrative contracts and it was all because of a security guard in their building by the name of frank now you've got to understand this is madison avenue new york they're in a huge building where there are other uh, public relations advertisement companies also but there was a bank, and I won't call the name of the bank, it was at the time the third largest bank in America. They had a headquarters somewhere in the Midwest. And they were coming to New York to hire a new public relations advertisement firm. The owners, the COO at the time, and his committee were somewhat apprehensive about that New York mentality. They think people up north are kind of uppity. Not all people, Lisa, but they think some. But they think some people up north are kind of full of themselves and and kind of think they know more than everybody else. So they were apprehensive and they were saying we are going. They had several other interviews with several of the companies, Mother King, and they really did not uh, feel comfortable. So they went into this huge business tower to meet with this group, relatively small group, in prospect to other advertisement firms on Madison Avenue. And as they were getting into the elevator, going to the building, there was a security guard by the name of Frank. And Frank says, where are you going? And they said, we're going uh, to the name of this advertisement. I think it was the the Kaplan-Thackler firm group. And Frank lit up. Frank's face, according uh, to the CEO of the bank, just began to smile ear to ear and say, You're going to my favorite people. And the COO of the bank said, Wait a minute, hold on for a minute. Told his staff, Just stop the elevator for a minute. Frank, why do you like these people so much? And Frank says, They are nice. Frank says, I've been working here 20 years and there's some people in this building that don't even know my name. He says, I walk by, they walk by me, I say, good morning, they say, mm. I wave, they turn their hands. But these two ladies every morning, not only say, Frank, how are you? How was your day? When they get coffee, they bring me coffee. When they go get lunch, they bring me lunch. And Frank says, a few months ago, my son was critically ill in the hospital. They not only asked about him, showed up, but they unsolicited, took up money to give to me and my wife to help with the expenses. Frank says, I don't know who else you're interviewing, but you'll never find anybody nicer than these people. The COO said thank you, went up there to about the 18th floor, got off the elevator. The, the company CEO's two women met them and says, let's meet in the conference room. The COO says, by the way, you have the contract. <laughs> they says, you haven't even heard our presentation. You, you haven't heard our pitch. The COO said, yeah, I heard your pitch. Said, they said, when did you make up your mind? On the way from the first floor to the 18th floor, Frank convinced us that we are the 50th dollar contract was given because of a man who was a security guard named Frank. And because the owners of the company simply by their nature was nice to Frank. Can I share something with you? I told the 8 o'clock church uh, that I was going to take my time at 11 and share this in greater detail. Listen, in that book, second chapter Power of Nice is a chapter that's called the Six Power of Nice Principles. Two of those principles I just want to briefly talk about. Not even talk about just, just mention. Principle number one, the authors of the book says this. Positive impressions or attitudes are like seeds. In other words, when you're nice to somebody else, it's like putting a seed in the ground and you don't know what it's doing, but it's growing, and eventually, over a period of time, it will bless you and somebody else. Look at somebody and say, Plant a seed. Be nice. Second, Thing, there's another principle, which is principle number five. Principle number five says this, negative impressions or negative attitudes are like germs. Uh, help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> being nice like seeds, being nasty like germs. In other words, you don't know how far it's spread. And you can walk around with germs and think you're healthy, but eventually you get sick and you make other people sick. sick. That's what nasty people and mean people do. Just a little excerpt of the book. You can go read it. You can get it. Not trying to sell the book, uh, but it will bless you. Listen, if we are to be the salt of the earth, if we are to be the light of the world as Jesus says we are, then we must learn how to treat people right, which simply means we must show genuine kindness and hospitality to a person regardless of the person's position or status or our ad or title. See, some of us have no problem treating VIPs nice. But you get no special reward because you treat people nice that you think can help you down the road. That's called reciprocity. But what is really important is how you treat the least of these. Someone with no title, no position, someone that nobody else recognizes, but you recognize them, and you treat them just like you treat a VIP, because quite honestly, in God's world, we all are VIPs. Somebody ought to give God a hand of praise. Everyone you meet, including that cashier, at Burger King or McDonald's is a VIP. They may have gotten your order wrong, but they've got a life and they've got feelings. You don't have to dog somebody out just because something didn't go your way. Be nice! Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 40. Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. Jesus says you're gonna be identified by how you treat the security guard. How you treat somebody who nobody else thinks is important. What you see, I, I'm not impressed because people are nice to the pastor. That but just how you treat ordinary people tell me a whole lot about you. And there are a whole lot of people that are in church at times that just are not nice. I've told people all the time, listen, I've been in business, I've heard something. One of the testimonies that I heard really struck me. I heard an entrepreneur once, a great business person who serves as a mentor of mine. He said to me, he says, Dara. I will fire somebody quicker who is talented and mean than I will somebody with no talent but nice. And that stuck with me. He said, I'll hold on to somebody longer if they're nice with less talent than somebody with a whole lot of talent but nasty. You don't like working with nasty people, do you? You don't like being around nasty people, do you? Who else does? No one does. But Jesus says, as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. Perhaps, listen to this. We sent this out earlier as a teaser to the message. Perhaps one of the greatest things we can do for someone is to help them feel a sense of belonging and comfort doing challenging times in their lives. Offering hospitality is an opportunity to do just that. Hospitality is when you are willing, please don't miss this. God dropped this in my spirit and it blessed me. Is when you're willing and eager to be a blessing to someone else. It is when you allow Listen to this. When you allow someone else's happiness to become your priority, yes. your life is not just consumed with your own happiness, but when your priority is making someone else happy, then you're dealing and you're walking in God's way. The late Maya Angelou, the phenomenal late Maya Angelo is quoted as saying, you've heard the quote, people will forget what you said. They will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. Listen, an attitude of hospitality will help people to always remember how you made them feel. Especially during those most difficult times in their lives. I know that most people will forget my sermons. In fact, an hour after church, half of you won't even remember where the text was found. I know that. That's human nature. In fact, can I confess, I don't even remember my own sermons. I was at the gym a few weeks ago, and somebody walked up to me and said, this was on a Friday, and they said, what did you preach last Sunday? And I couldn't even remember. (laughs) They they said, you don't remember what you preached? I said, I'm thinking about the next sermon, not the last one. Uh, So I know that no matter how great anyone can pontificate and articulate, most people will forget what you say, but they will not forget how you made them feel. It's important that if we're going to be great as a ministry, you're going to be great as an individual, that you treat people right. That what they say about you is not how gifted you are, not how talented you are, not how large the ministry is, but what they'll say is that you all made a difference in my life. When I was struggling, had nowhere to go, You made a difference. When I was a teenage mother, nowhere to go, you provided me a home. You provided me with resources. When I was diagnosed with AIDS and my own family uh, threw me out, you accepted me. You ministered to me. Jesus says as much you've done it to the least the beast. When I walked in with a drug addiction, Uh you didn't judge me but you helped me and you introduced me to salvation now I'm drug free see they don't always remember the words Pastor Jackson say but I hope they remember what we did to change their lives can I say something to you choir band praise and worship team as anointed as you are uh, what really changed people's lives is not how you sound, but how you live Because if your life doesn't back up your sound you are sounding and brass and tankling and similar We've got enough folk that sound good. That's nasty Go to YouTube you'll find them they sound good, but they treat people awful. You separate yourself by being nice, and God allow your gift to take up with your attitude. Work on your attitude, and God will work on your gift. In our text, and I'm almost done, Paul shares in Romans chapter 12, once again his insightful words, with these new Christian converts. He instructs them on how they should now live, having been transformed by their faith in Jesus Christ. Verse two of Romans chapter 12, Paul writes this in that second clause. He says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. (laughs) Says, if you want to be a new person, Change your attitude. Change the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing, and his will is perfect. Paul goes on in our text scripture for the day, verse 13, to write these words. One verse. He writes these words and I want you to see them because they are so powerful. It simply says, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. We've already taken half of the message to explain to you what hospitality is. It's simply being nice. There are three key insights from this one verse that I want to share with you briefly, and then we're gone. Insight number one is this. We must be willing and we must be ready to help those in need, especially other believers. You ought to treat everybody right, but it's a disgrace how you treat other people who are children of God. If you, if you can't help a brother and a sister that's in need, then who are you? What are you? Are you a child of God? I don't care how you give tithe and offerings. I I don't care. That's why I purposely do not follow individuals and how much they give to the ministry. I purposely do not ask about any individual and the amount they give because I want to be able to look and preach at you as if you gave $2 million and you gave $2. And it would not matter because it does not matter with any of that because being nice is not relegated just to those who have no other resources. It ought to be your number one resource. Let me tell you something, and I'll challenge you. Challenge me as a pastor if I desire to preach like Paul, but treat people like dirt. Challenge me. Say, Pastor, you're not living up to your own words, because at the end of the day, I'd rather not preach like Paul and treat people right. You need to be challenged to treat people right, especially those Who are other believers? Listen to what Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10 says. It says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. There's a brother and a sister that are in need. We all ought to be there for them. We all ought to treat people like you want to be treated. Amen. This is the challenge. That's insight number one. Second key insight from this one verse, verse 13, says this. We must display hospitality as a way to minister to others as we through our actions demonstrate the power of the gospel. You preach a sermon every day you get up. Everywhere you go, you're preaching a sermon. When you insult that cashier, that's a sermon. When you roll your eyes at somebody who may have made a mistake, that's a sermon, amen. When you wake up with a bad attitude and go to work and and decide you're gonna be the diva of the week, that's a sermon. When you come to church and act like you own everything, and nobody as great as you, that's a sermon. You preach a sermon every time you help somebody in need. Every brother after church, you say, have a blessed day. Anybody you ask to give a ride, anybody you ask, can I help you with anything? That is a sermon. Your sermon is not the zeros in your bank account, but it's what you've done with those zeros. Because at the end of the day, if you've got a lot of money, but help nobody, it is all wasteful. We display the power of the gospel through what we do. I tell people all the time, leaders of this church, you don't have to be a leader. You you are called to be a saint. You're not made to be a leader. And if you think you aren't nice enough, you think your attitude isn't right, then you ought to go to your prayer closet and get on your knees and tell God, Lord, before I lead anybody, you ought to lead me. You ought to help me with my issues before I try to be an example for everybody. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. He says, and I quote, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. Your life is a sermon. Your words are sermons. You represent the power of the gospel. You not only represent ministry, but you represent the kingdom. I told the church this morning at 8, there are some people, I hope, don't tell anybody who their pastor is. Because quite honestly, there are some people that are so nasty and so mean and so... That I wish to God when they ask who is your pastor, say, uh, 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 so and so. Amen, somebody. Because that reflects on us all. But then there are other people I want you to stand on the rooftop and tell the world, I'm a member of Bible Way. Pastor Darrell Jackson, because you are nice, not that you're talented or anointed, but you're just good people. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And here's the third and the final insight. As believers, we should with joy and excitement display hospitality. It ought not be forced on us. In that book, The Power of Nice, One of the things that's mentioned in chapter 2 is that niceness ought to be automatic. You ought not have to force it or fake it. You ought not even have to think twice about it. Amen. It ought to be automatic. One example given in the book that stuck with me is how a company lost a contract. So this CEO got off the plane, and another executive picked him up. And the executive was so arrogant, the CEO says he didn't even offer the help with the bags, not that he needed help. He said he didn't even offer the help with the bags. In the car all the way to the office, all they talked about was himself. The example in the book says, when the CEO who was going to give the business got to the office, he says something has come up. I need you to take me back to the airport. He says, What happened? What has come up? He said, It's not a good fit. He said, Why isn't it a good fit? Here's what he said Our personalities don't fit. Not that your talent or your company doesn't, but that I like people that treat people right. What are you saying, Pastor Jackson? Which leads to our final point in this message as you stand to your feet. I told you the goal of this series is to make you think. Remember that example I gave you of how this company lost business just because somebody wouldn't offer to help somebody with their luggage? Here's a point that God gave me. We need to always remember an attitude of hospitality will not only be a blessing to others, but it will also be a blessing to you. You'll bless yourself by blessing other people. You'll help yourself by being nice to other people. But more importantly, it will glorify God. Ooh. Why should I be nice, Pastor Jackson? Number one is that you help others. Number two, it will help you. Number three, it will glorify God. If you want to help yourself, help somebody else. If you want to glorify God, Prioritize someone else's happiness over yours and watch God bless you. I'll open the windows of heaven, God said. Pour you out a blessing. There will not be room enough to receive it. And here's the part that I like, and all nations will call you blessed. And you are a delightsome land, said the Lord of Hosts. (laughs) God says when you become a blessing, you will receive a blessing. But you won't receive a blessing until you're willing to become a blessing. If you want to be blessed, then be a blessing. If you want God to do something for you, then do something for somebody else. Forget about your own needs. And bless somebody else, and watch God bless you. I need you. You need me. We all are part of God's family. Bishop Hezekiah Walker said, "I need you to survive." How many of you know you need somebody? Ah, uh, look at somebody and wave at them. We don't hug anymore because. This is post-COVID. Some of y'all are so happy, you don't even have to touch your neighbor anymore. But just look at somebody and wave at them and say, I need you. You need me. We need each other to survive. Now wave at somebody all the way in the back and say, I'll pray for you. You pray for me. I need you to survive. Be nice an attitude of hospitality. Help somebody else, and watch God bless you. The altar is now open. If you're viewing us virtually, wherever you are right now, make that place your altar. If you're listening by way of radio, whoo, and you can touch a agree wherever you are right now. Maybe there's somebody in this place, and if you feel comfortable at the altar, that's your choice. Uh, wear a mask, put your mask on if you come. Uh, and be socially distant, Amen. Come on. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Come on. There's a the choir. Bless us. Yeah. very simple message. But this is God's word for you this way. Uh, yeah. Uh, we. Uh, yeah. it on your own yeah. uh, everybody needs somebody else yeah. we all need each other come on let us pray with you Wherever you are, whatever you're going through right now to pray for somebody else. Come on, tell them, I pray. I pray for you. You pray. for me. I love you. I need with words from my mouth. Pray for somebody else and watch God bless you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I pray. You pray. Ah, uh, yeah. I love you. Listen, the book of Job is a powerful book, 41 chapters in the book of Job. We deal with the struggles and the challenges that Job faced. He lost his family, lost his health, he lost his wealth. His friends came and his friends blamed Job for what Job was going through. In fact, the Bible said there was one point in Job's experience where Job felt a little frustrated, and he began to question God and question his friends. But something happened in the 42nd chapter and the 10th verse, and the Bible says, and when Job prayed for his friends, The same friends that had dogged him out. The same friends that had treated him badly. And when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as he had before. When Job began to bless somebody else, God blessed him. And God gave him more than he ever had before. We've got to pray for somebody else. Come on, tell them. I pray for you and you pray for me. Everybody. I pray for you. You pray. shipping with us virtually there are contact numbers there is contact information on the screens if you don't have a church family then we would love for you to become a virtual member of this congregation wherever you are we've had people become a part of our church family all over the world in the last year and a half if you're in this sanctuary and you've not made that commitment See, I'm convinced the only way you can have an attitude, a true attitude of hospitality, is that the old you has to die. And there has to be a new birth. You have to know Christ filled with the spirit because the old you will always lash out at people who treat you badly. But the new you, the you that's filled with the Holy Spirit, treats those who treat you badly. You pray for their success. You wish them well. You bless their families. Why? Because you have been transformed by the power of Christ. If you're not there yet, we want to help you get there. There are elders and ministers that are at the back of the church waiting to pray with you, waiting to talk with you. If you're looking for a church home, then we encourage you to be a part of us. What we've learned over the last year and a half is that I don't really push church membership as much because we all are members of God's body, right? Uh, But if you need a covering, if you need a family to cover you, pray with you, then please reach out to us. Wherever you are, call that number on the screen, email us, send us that request. Because the truth of the matter is, everyone needs someone. The enemy devours the sheep that's on his own, amen. And so, allow us to become your covering. Bow those heads. Eternal Father, we thank you for this message. We thank you for yet this fifth message in this series. Thank you, Lord, I have fulfilled my assignment. I have not only done what you've asked me to do, I have have done it the way you've asked me to do it. Amen. And Lord, we pray that the Word has touched someone. Someone now, Lord, can transform their life by changing the way they think bless someone with a better attitude help us to work on our own attitudes Lord help us not to wait on someone else to change but help us with your help to change ourselves so that we can be better and we can represent you remind us when we bless others you bless us when we are a blessing to others we are promoting your gospel we are glorifying you but this is our prayer in your name we pray and everybody said amen amen come on and worship with the choir right now go to the back let somebody pray with you you want to join if you want to talk call us on that number everybody needs somebody right now go Somebody needs... Come on, goes, uh, Just go, somebody needs you, right? Yeah, right, here. Come on. Yeah, yeah, I... I need you. Ooh, yeah. Listen, as you remain standing before the benediction, we want to thank you all for sharing in the vision. I thank you for the $7 per week vision offering. It is making a difference. Very shortly, sometimes hopefully before the year is over, there are four different projects that we are now working on, that we hope to announce all at one time. They are game changers for this community. They are game changers for touching other people's lives amen we are so excited about that and it's all because you have caught the vision. to those of you that are virtually keep sending in your letters and your contributions amen we are so grateful to be able to represent the kingdom of god when we announce these four projects hopefully you will see that it's not about the bible way church of atlas road It is certainly not about Pastor Jackson, but it is about what God can do through all of us to make a difference in somebody's life. All these projects from infant children to senior citizens, God is allowing us to make a difference in somebody's life because of you. Thank you. Keep up the good work. And remember, we all work on our attitude pray that god help all of us to show an attitude of hospitality come on choir before the benediction come on once again and we we're about to go but just wave at somebody turn around and speak to somebody don't hug anybody but just i speak yeah everybody yeah we are Ought to be nice. We all ought to be nice. Come on. It's nice to be nice. Come on. Now, may the grace of God and the sweet communion of His Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us. Protect us, Lord. Walk with us, comfort us if there is any danger that should come before us this week we pray that the blood of jesus covers you covers your family covers your travels covers your health it's in jesus name we pray and the church said amen amen may god bless you amen thank you join us again next week for the sixth message in this series, amen God. God.
1: Like to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. If you desire prayer, please call one 776 1238 There are many safe, secure, and easy ways to give to Bible Way Church of Atlas Road. Online giving is available to both members and guests through my connections at bwcar.org. You can choose to give through your bank, checking, debit, or savings account. You can give via our mobile giving app by texting BWCAR along with your giving amount to 73256. You can mail your check to PO Box 90309, Columbia, South Carolina, 29290. Please do not mail cash. Financial donations will also be accepted at the church on Tuesdays from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. If you feel as if this service was a blessing to you, or if you are moved by the message in any way, please be sure to share with your family and friends. For additional announcements and for more information, be sure to visit our website, that's bwcar.org.